For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome in, Hawks fans. It's your boy, Bryce Lewis, back at it again for another Believe in Hawks episode. And we have a special guest with us today. The first one on Believe in Hawks, Caleb Johnson, Hawks beat reporter from 92.9 Game in Atlanta. Caleb, welcome into the show, sir. How are you? I'm doing well, man. I uh, appreciate you bringing me on to uh, to talk some Hawks basketball. Yes, I mean, I feel like there's a lot to talk about. And I, you know, I've, I've seen your stuff on Twitter. Uh, I know you also uh, do uh, broadcasts with Steve Holton sometimes when I like to play the game. Yeah, I, uh, I've gotten to do two home games this year, uh, filling in for uh, the man Mike Conti, who does the pre halftime and post game show. So it's, it's always good. It's fun to get to fill in, uh, especially last year. I got to do a couple of away games, which, so I would do that from our 99 of the game Kia studios. And it was, it was fine. It was fun, but there's just definitely a different element to it. When you're in the arena, you can kind of feel the energy. You get to talk, you know, kind of a little banter back and forth with Hmm. the legend, Steve. So, uh, it's it yeah it's been it's been a fun year especially getting to to kind of add that role to you know just uh reporting on the team and kind of being in press conferences and all that sort of stuff yeah for sure so guys definitely don't be afraid to go check check out caleb let them know where to follow you on social media sir i am at atl johnson 18 across the board that's just i've, I've tried to make it as easy as possible atl johnson 18 uh that's where you can find me Yes, sir. And obviously, guys, you know where to find me. Bryce underscore 2K across all socials. Also, if you're watching on YouTube, subscribe, like the video. If you're listening through audio, don't forget to give us a rating, a review on the episode. So let's go ahead and dive right into it, Caleb. I want to get into what we've seen. The Hawks right now are 6-5 and five on the season. Kind of been back and forth, win-loss, uh, exchanging the last few games. Uh, beat Detroit in their first in-season tournament game Tuesday. Lost to the Knicks in the back-to-back on Wednesday. Now they play Philly tonight. So through everything you've seen up to this point, just this been 11 games, still early, still a lot can change. Uh, what has uh, been your overall, I guess, impression of this team? Because we've seen them make the giant comeback and overwhelm Minnesota. We've seen them basically beat Milwaukee from start to finish. We've also seen them lose to Charlotte. We've also seen them, you know, they start slow. And then, you know, we've, we've seen a lot of comebacks. So we've seen a lot, it feels like, in just a short sample size. So what are you thinking about this team so far? Yeah, it's it's one of the things is quite honestly, as I've been asked this a lot doing other interviews and things like that on the station, it's hard to kind of figure out what this team is right now. Uh, I think, you know, we've seen Quinn Snyder's stamp on this team because in even every post game, it feels like mm-hmm. any offensive question you ask, he's directing it to the defensive end of the floor. And being like, you know, that's where this team needs to get better. We need to get better defensively. We're trying to do this defensively, you know, defense, defense, defense. And that's been a real focal point of the the offseason. And I think, you know, what this team wants to be, you know, Trey's talked about it a lot and himself being like, 
we've been a pretty good offensive team in the past, and that's taken us to a level. But I think part of Quinn Snyder getting brought into Atlanta was not only to develop players, and boy, have we seen a developed player in Jalen Johnson mm-hmm. this season. But I think at the same time, you they wanted his defensive presence and like that kind of mindset showing up on the court because that's just something that the Hawks haven't notoriously been very good at. Now, it's been clunky. Uh, and I think that has something to do with the fact that the offseason training schedule is not very thorough, quite honestly. It uh, mm. feels like they don't get a lot of time. I know that Trey and DeJounte met up with Quinn over the summer to kind of work on some things. But as a team, trying to make such a big philosophical change, uh, I think we've seen the bumps in the road. And then at the same time, you know, I will, I'm not in a like panic mode or anything like that, but concerned about the fact that, that Trey's offense has struggled. I think I've attributed that to the fact that I think this team is trying to figure out what they're doing defensively so much so that they're overthinking, I I believe at times what's happening on the court. Um, But I think, you know, that it's one of those things that Hawks fans never want to hear that it's going to take some time, Mm -hmm. but I do truly believe that it's going to take some time. And it's the reason why, uh, you know, like not to be a spoiler or a Debbie downer for anyone, but I've been big on, I think the ceiling for this team is fifth seed in the East. And I think, you know, they could fizzle out somewhere around the eighth seed. I, I think it's just because um, sure. A new coach has been brought in. Sure. We've seen big development and, and progress from a guy like Jalen. Um, and I think this team has had some more time to gel with one another, but I still think there are some kinks to be worked out that are going to take a little bit of time uh, that you would typically give to a first year coach, but it's like, well, Quinn came in at the end of last year. And so I think a lot of fans are expecting uh, that that process to happen a lot faster when it's like, well, what happened last season was really Quinn evaluating this team. And this is his first time, you know, this is his first 11 games truly implementing his system with his staff. And I think for the most part, you have to be pretty happy with the results that you've seen. Yeah, definitely. And I, th- I think, you know, Quinn mentioned it too. He was like, you know, it, it's 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 going to take some time. We're going to have some bumps on the road. He, he, he said it in the media day. It's, 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 we're going to go through stuff. I mean, it's just part of an NBA season. And obviously, you know, learning a new system can take time. You know, it's not something you're just click. You know, people, when I've sometimes brought that up, have been like, oh, well, he had last season, like you said, and it's like, well, he wasn't doing what I mean, he you can implement some stuff, but nothing like his system with his people. Sure. And you, you just you just, you know, you can't really replicate that midseason, like like in terms of what he's trying to do. So I think that like I said, you're seeing some of the fruits of that, but you're also seeing the clunkiness and some of the struggles that come with that as well. And you know, speaking defensively, the Hawks, uh, obviously that was one of the big things that you would feel like people want to see the Hawks improve this year. You know, they were one of the best offensive teams in the league last year, but they were one of the worst defensive teams last year. And they've had games where they've, you know, got stops and they've done some good things defensively. But recently, they've struggled defensively. Um, I felt like in the Knicks game, this last game, I felt like, you know, they just couldn't like, they couldn't get stopped down the stretch against the Knicks, and that's ultimately what would, would beat you, you know? Yeah. And, and that's something that, you know, even Quinn mentioned. He mentioned the boards, too, but he also mentioned defensively. Like I said, they couldn't do certain things. And, uh, 
we could talk about lineups and who they may have should have kept out in that particular game. But overall, it seems like Quinn is wanting to have a more aggressive defensive scheme because he knows if this team gets in transition, this is when the Hawks can be at their best. So we have to create turnovers. But with that scheme, that can cause, if there's not great communication and people are on the same page, that can create the open threes we've seen and some of the, the easy shots other teams have been able to get in certain possessions. What have you seen defensively from them? And do you think it's something, like, like you said, will improve as the season goes on? Yeah, I think communication is a big thing there. And that's something that, unfortunately, it feels like this team has talked a, a lot about last season with a lot of the same guys coming in is that, you know, they they need to be on the same page at the same time. You know, I think a game like New York, it's a tough uh, excuse, I guess. Mm-hmm. But it was like New York's bigs just played better. <laughs> that was just kind of as simple as they were just better on the boards. Now, Quinn was one to quickly point out that, hey, I want all of my guys, you know, trying to rebound rather than just relying on the bigs to take care of that. But I think when you get in a situation where Hardenstein and and Robinson just played better, they just Mm. took away everything. And I think at the same time, not to, you know, turn this into an officiating conversation either, but it was like when officiating isn't helping you down low, and then you get into those situations where your bigs, you know, where the other team's bigs are just out rebounding you and, and taking everything away and getting those second chance points and all those sorts of things. It is it's difficult. You just get a little bit defeated. Um, now, I I think the other part of this, too, is um, you you hit the nail on the head. I think talking about the fact that Quinn wants this team to be aggressive defensively. Uh, and I think at times that gets you into trouble mm-hmm. uh, because, you know, you go to help and you leave somebody open and um, or as I think we saw a few different times against the next two, there was not the lack, you know, there's lack of communication, I think between like I saw at times with Sadiq and Trey and that sort of thing. And you're, you're letting guys get by you. Uh, and so I think all of those things are fixable issues um, because we, you know, the, the aggressiveness that comes from Trey putting a hand out where, you know, maybe in the past he would have just kind of been playing it a little low hands down sort of thing. Uh, we already know what DeJounte's defensive abilities are, especially with him uh, getting steals and that sort of thing. Uh, and so it's, it's not like a doomsday thing where, mm-hmm. um, you know, Oh, it, it can't happen. Like I, I 100% believe it can be. And I think we've seen it at times and especially we've seen it at times, against really good competition. Um, you know, like you you mentioned earlier, the comeback against Minnesota is one where, I mean, technically those bigs are better than, than the Hawks bigs on paper, uh, but yet you were able to figure it out. And, you know, I mean, you, you had a star uh, in Anthony Edwards who was at home and you quieted him. You know, you, you figured it out there. Uh, but then at the same time, you know, Miami comes to town with mostly, you know, reserve guys because their starters for the most part weren't playing, at least they're, they're big starters. Um, you know, I know Bam played, but uh, they beat you with, with half backups. It feels like. Um, so it's just, it's, it's head scratching kind of stuff. I know it, it causes some fans to want to pull their hair out um, just because you're like, oh no, here we go, same old Hawks. But I just, I am of the opinion, and what I've seen around this team, 
This is not the same old Hawks. I think one of the things, too, that won't get discussed enough, Bryce, quite honestly, Mm -hmm. uh, is this team likes each other this year. And if we're honest, it wasn't always like that in the past. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, like, like there was definitely um, some contention amongst this team. And I think that's part of why, especially like when this season started off 0-2 and I I was looking at the schedule going like, "Mm, this team might go 0-4 to start the season. Um, And I wouldn't panic. And I don't think this team would have done that either. And I don't think it's six and five. I don't think there's any panic in the room. You know, Trey goes out uh, in in a game, you know, because he's taking care of a family situation and you've got a play in tournament game that I think, you know, some some fans may not think they're taking very seriously. But everything that I have learned to understand is, you know, they they want to to be competitive and be a part of this thing. And they figure it out. You know, I get I get it's against a team like Detroit. Um, but I just feel like we've seen those moments where um, they've come together. They've shown that this is a team that is improved and is going to continue to improve. And I know that sounds very optimistic, quite mm-hmm. honestly. Um, and maybe I do a little bit of homerism being, you know, a part of the flagship station. But I just... Um, I think that I've seen plenty of reason to be down on this team in the past, and I just haven't caught those same things this year. Like, it's just more of a, I think this team is going to improve as the season goes on. And, uh, you know, I mean, quite honestly, it starts against Philly, too, like in, in this play-in tournament as they kind of continue along of um, are they going to be a, a really competitive team that that we can enjoy uh, through the first half of the season, or are they – going to be more of a second half of the season type team. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's 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 one of those things where it's, you know, I, I think you made a great point about them liking each other because they do. You can tell yeah. the communication is better. I made mention of this. I can't remember. I believe it may have been the Pelicans game uh, where, you know, Trey DeJounte really – that might have been the game where they both kind of basically closed that game out. And – you know, you could see that communication they had with Quinn. You could see the communication they had with each other. It seemed like, you know, they were able to kind of play off of each other. Because even in the Knicks game, I mean, even though they lost, if you think about it, I mean, DeJounte had three, four straight possessions, a couple buckets. Trey, you know, lay up a couple fouls, keep them in the game. I mean, people were talking about the subs of Bogey and Bay, but it's like it's not like we we lost the game because we weren't scoring. We just couldn't get stops, you know? Mm-hmm. And I, I think before – you know, and, you know, I don't want to say this to, like, again, crap on Nick McMillan, but, like, before, you know, in those situations, it's, you're going to see ISO pretty stagnant offense, it felt like, a lot of those times. And now it feels like at least now there's, like, a concentrate. Because obviously, you know, it's the NBA. You got a star player. You usually want the ball in his hand in some capacity in these moments. But I feel like there is more of an effort where it's like, okay, like, if there's someone cutting, if someone's getting in position, you know, they're not afraid to make that play. Um. Uh, so overall, I think that, that that's been big just because I think everybody wants everybody to be successful too. And I think that's one of the biggest things as well with this team. Yeah, and mm-hmm. I mean, I, I think the one of the signs that pointed to this team really liking each other um, and showing support to one another was Trey's event in OKC. Like, the team didn't have to come out and support him, you know, getting a street named after him and kind of coming to check out the facility that he's built out there in Oklahoma they could have all gone and done their own thing and, you know, got rest or whatever. 
but they showed support to their teammate. And I, I think that showed something. I, I really do. And I know it's, it's very small. Um, mm-hmm. and, and people don't always think that stuff's going to show up on, on the court, but I'm telling you, it really does. It really does help, uh, when everyone's enjoying the company of one another, mm-hmm. um, and you, you get far less, uh, judgmental on the floor and accusatory on the floor. And it's more of, you know, you, you see the, the chest pap, you know, mm-hmm. the, the, that's my bad and we move on and whatever, um, because I think you you saw some of that against New York, where even like when Trey figured out that it wasn't his night offensively, he didn't just quit and go, <laughs> all right, fine, I'm going to go stand over here because it's not my night. He was getting involved. He was getting assists. He was trying passes that weren't always working. Um, but I, I think there was still there was an effort there um, that, you know, while it didn't show up for this team defensively the way that they would have wanted it, you still saw a level of effort that is commendable, I think, quite honestly, um, and lends me to believe that they're going to get this thing figured out. Yeah, for sure. And in speaking of Trey, you know, you mentioned, he, like you say, he did other things. And that's something I've also mentioned a few times is that, you know, he's he's been more active defensively. You know, he had, I think of the first half, he had like eight assists, three steals. You know, he's he's tried to impact the game in other ways. So if he's not scoring, it's not like, okay, well, we're not getting anything from him. He's he's still trying to be active. And you also mentioned earlier his struggles he's had so far this season. So let's talk about that. What are what are you seeing from him when it comes to the struggles? Is it is it does he seem off? Do you think he's hurt? Do you think he's thinking a lot? I think, he, you know, with this new system, Quinn's had to talk about he's had to make sacrifices. They've had to kind of change their game a little bit. And maybe in DeJounte, it seems like it's going great for him right now. But Trey, it seems like he's making the biggest adjustment. What do you see when you're watching Trey through these games, first 11 games so far? Yeah, um, it, it's weird because I don't I don't know that it's anything specific. You know, like it's it's I know we as media and fans or whatever always want to have this tendency to be like, oh, well, it must be this specific thing. Um, but I feel like the shots that it's not like I'm seeing Trey take bad shots. That is kind of what concerns me with him mm-hmm. not knocking them down. Uh, but then again, you've had those moments like the Orlando game in Magic City where it was like, uh, you know, the lights were bright and the stage felt big, at least in that moment. And you saw the Trey that was like, OK, cool. We know that guy. Uh, and that's, you know, that's who we've all gotten really excited to see, even with, you know, the logo three. Uh, and that's part of his game that I do understand. And, and this was something that was actually happening under Nate McMillan. Um, but I think it just it 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 looked like those two are butting heads when I think there was a natural progression of, OK, Trey, let's make sure we're taking the best shot available, mm-hmm. um, you know, and. And sometimes the best shot available, even though fans and media may not always agree on this, sometimes is early in the shot clock, deep from three, because that is a shot that he can knock down. Um, but he is taking he's taking less of those, you know, quote unquote, bad shots. And the problem is he's not knocking down some of these ones that are that are fairly open. Mm. Um, I don't know that there's any specific thing to do to 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 fix that other than continue shooting them you know and that's that's been Quinn's big thing 
even when other guys, not you know, not just Trey, but you know, Dejounte's had his moments at time this season. Dre has had quite a few moments this season offensively, where it's like, whoo, man, shots not falling. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think Quinn's been big on keep shooting it because you've you've still got to be able to fill that rhythm and also just give opponents, um, you know that feeling that that you're going to shoot it because it's something that they're going to have to guard. I don't like, it's not like we've watched teams see Trey out there at the three point line and go, ah, I don't have to go out there. No, that's Mm. not, it's, you know, that's not happening. Uh, So it's, it's still a legitimate part of his game. Um, But that, that is, that steps into the territory of like, I don't understand it Um, because like we've seen you do that in the past and I see you at shoot around and I see you at practice and it's not like you're not shooting those in practice, working on them. Uh, and, you know, oftentimes do a really good job knocking them down in warmups before the game type of deal. Uh, but then, you know, coming to game and so far this season um, it's been inconsistent. So it's, it's one of those things that I think you just kind of have to hold out. Hope is going to get fixed. And if it doesn't, then there's a separate conversation of, okay, is there something mechanics wise? Is there something, you know, are you, are you thinking too much, which I do think plays a part of, you know, Trey having to go from earlier in his career. He's the guy, you know, he's the big piece, uh, shoot the ball, just shoot the ball, just shoot the ball all the time. To now, all right, let's look for the best play available. Um, and when it is when it is time to to pass the ball, it feels like Trey is making the smart decision on that. Um, it just feels like flip side of that when it's his turn to to take the shot, um, that it's it just, you know, he hasn't hit him as much as we we'd like. Yeah, and, and I think, you know, and I've and I've always also been patient with it because I also understand like, you know, it's for me, I just look at things as like it's a long season. Like we, like I said, we're only out of the first 10, 11, 12 games for certain teams, you know? Yeah. And so it's like, it's, it's way too early to just declare what the season is going to be because we've just seen teams and players change as the season progresses. Do you expect the team to improve as the season progresses and get more used to things? So I'm hoping with that, Trey will continue to, you know, keep working at it. And then eventually he'll get those consistent, that consistency back for him where maybe, cause he doesn't, I feel like he doesn't have to give you 30 and 10 like he used to anymore. I feel like now, but like he's, he's being more efficient would be the biggest step for me that I would like him to take in terms of his shot selection. But talk for the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early. So everyone can go home on time. There's Granger offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts. So you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Good about that, let's go to his backcourt mate in DeJounte Murray. Clearly this season, it seems like his game has taken a step forward, especially after the last season uh, where some people feel like it was a bit of a disappointing season from him. Uh, where this year he's career high from three, you know, he's, he's taken over a game. He's taken over four quarters before he's led stuff before he seems more active defensively in terms of taking down someone's best offensive player. Um, and, um, 
you know, is one example. Uh, he, he's just, or Damian Lillard is another example. You know, what what have you seen from him? It, it seems like under whatever Quinn's been doing, DeJounte has been able to excel the most. And I feel like also, he's. I feel like he, he's really good at picking his spots. You know, it feels like when it's time, it's like DeJounte's like, all right, let me get a couple of buckets right here. Let me get the team back on track and then let us get going. But what are you seeing from DeJounte why he's had success early this season? He's an incredibly unselfish player. And I think that was exactly what the Hawks needed. They needed a really strong um, defensive-minded type player who also has an offensive game. Uh, and the fact that he is unselfish just makes it that much better. I think the, the problem was, and I did this too, uh, quite honestly, expectations for year one were probably too unrealistic um, of asking Trey and DeJounte to do things that, you know, Trey would, he would pass it off as like, oh guys, you know, this, this playing off ball stuff isn't new to me. I did this in high school and it's like, well, but if we're all honest, high school ball and NBA ball, not the same thing, you know, like, like, (laughs) and it's, it's one of those, just go as a fan, go watch an NBA game, you know, on a Wednesday and then go catch a high school game on a Thursday and you will, it'll be jarring the difference in the type of game that you, that you're going to see. There's just different skill levels and all those types of things. And so I think, you know, asking DeJounte to go from uh, a one to, to play that two role or to kind of swap in between, you know, depending on when Trey's sitting and when Trey's in the game, all of that sort of thing. I think it just took time and then add on the fact that there was issues, you know, with Nate and and him relating to the team and, and his message message getting across and they weren't winning games and all that sort of stuff, throw that into the mix. And then it's like, okay, now we get uh, a true first year um, under a coach who I think is, is really um, going to be able to use DeJounte in a really smart way. Um, and then you you just you see the unselfishness pop up time and time again that helps the Hawks win because um, I don't think there's anything wrong with a guy kind of calling his number and being like, all right, tonight's my night. I'm going off. But I thought the coolest thing ever was in that Minnesota game where DeJounte takes over the third quarter, takes over the second half in general. And he is one point away from his mm-hmm. career high. And yet, what is he doing down the floor with like the last minute and a half that he played in that game? One point away from a career high. He's still distributing the ball to Jalen. You know, I think there was there was a moment where um, DeJounte could have gone for the fast break dunk and instead puts it off the backboard and lets Jalen dunk it you know like like there was these moments where he could have been selfish guy uh and instead even in the moment that it's clearly for him he was like you know what no i'm gonna do the best play for us on the floor i'm not gonna take um you know low percentage shots just to try to reach something that will add on to you know to, to my career stats which i just i think is uh it is perfect it helps out this team so much he's played a really vital role especially with the fact that trey at times 
has struggled offensively. Um, and like, you know, Trey still getting to the line. I think that's the one thing mm-hmm. that is, uh, is should be a relief to a lot of Hawks fans is he's still getting to the line and he's still scoring at, at a decent rate. Um, just you're seeing DeJounte pick up the slack sometimes uh, when, when that offensive game isn't what we expect it to be. And so you're, you're literally getting the exact reason why Landry Fields in his front office wanted to bring DeJounte in. We're watching it play out on the court. I just, I don't know. I, I feel like it's difficult for Hawks fans because they, you, you traded for a guy who would just come off being an all-star in the West. Mm. And so I think now the expectation is, well, that guy's got to be an all-star every year now. Um, and you, you may not always get that based on based on his unselfishness and based on the type of play that's going on. Um, you know, Trey's gonna be the guy who is who's gonna be in and out of that all-star conversation. And I think DeJounte might be taking a little bit, little bit of a backseat to that, um, but is still very much as vital to this team. Yeah, for sure. And I think, like you said, it's just been good. I think and I also think too. You know, one of my criticisms of Nate is that I felt like he didn't really have the creative vision needed to really know how to use everybody to the fullest capacity. And I feel like so far this year, you've heard a lot of players talk about just Quinn wants them to play free, play to their strengths, but within the team. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he, he's, he's kind of helping everybody kind of like, this is what I need for you to be successful, but also allows you to be yourself. And I think that's why you've seen DeJounte. I think kind of people like to say he went back to playing the way he played with the Spurs, you know, with the stops defensively and then the scoring. And then, you know, we've talked, you know, you mentioned earlier Jalen Johnson, how he's just, he's mentioned it before. I'm playing more free. I'm he playing, I'm playing what, what my skill set that I'm able to and things like that it also works for the team. So I think all of those things have been big so far. But in, in saying that too, we also have to talk about um, another player that has drawn ire from the fans for a couple of years, just not because he's a bad player, but I think especially now with Quinn in there, I think people are realizing maybe he's, well, he's just not a fit realistically. And that's Clint Capella. Um, you know, obviously Clint, he's easy. Your typical center. He'll get you a double, double. He'll get you 10. Re- like, you know, he, you, you know what you're getting on a nightly basis from him for the most part. But at the same time, I think the way that, that Quinn wants to play in the way where we've been playing, I think you can clearly tell that they've asked Clint to be more aggressive offensively. That's why I feel I, I felt like he's been more aggressive offensively so far this year with just shot making. They've dropped it to him more to take more shots when everybody's like, what are we doing? <laughs> but, you know, it just depends on how you feel. So, you know, how do you feel right now about the center position as a whole? I know Akongu has been up and down. He's had great moments. He's had, you know, a couple of games where he's kind of had some stinkers. Clint, I mean, like I say, he does what he's supposed to do, but when he has those turnovers or he misses those shots, I think people are just like, get him off my team. <laughs> like, so like, what do you, where are you at on that? Cause I think a lot of people are just saying trade Clint already. So we can see what a Congo can do as a full-time starter and see what he can be, especially since they gave him the co- uh, contract extension uh, before the season. Yeah. I, you know, I think Clint was a name that was obviously discussed a lot um, just because, Look, it was between him and and DeAndre Hunter and John Collins. Those were the three names in this offseason that was like, okay, their contracts are what 
are going to allow them to be potential trade pieces to upgrade this team. Um, now, when they obviously went in the direction of trading John and unloading that money, um, it was like, okay, so Clint, not as necessary um, to to be traded to, to upgrade this team. Because I, I think Clint's an interesting piece where I'm of the opinion that I think that's where fans might have an unrealistic expectation of upgrades, you know, like, mm. like, sure. You, you, you see these other, you know, these, these stretch fives in the league. Um, but also, you know, what are they getting paid? How much of, of, you know, the, the salary cap space are they taking up for their team? Uh, and then what elements are they true? You know, what, what else does that team that has that stretch five, uh, that really impresses you. What deficiencies does that team have? Because I, I think, sure, you know, Quinn wants one through five to be able to shoot. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the same time, he wants a really strong defensive presence, um, you know, on the boards. And so that's where, like, tough games like the Knicks get fans, I'm sure, on the side of, like, ah, you know, Quinn's just not living up to it. Um, but at the same time, he's shown you in, in other games, Milwaukee, Minnesota, um, against, you know, I mean, Rudy Gobert's not some, you know, impressive, you know, true shooter, in, at least mm. in my mind. Um, but he's on that team because he's a really strong defender. Um, I think the Hawks have, have cleaned up their issue that they had in the past of the lane getting clogged. Um, and so... You know, their spacing has been better. Quinn still keeps talking about he wants it uh, more efficient, which, of course, why wouldn't he? Like, that's always the goal that you're mm-hmm. working towards. But, you know, my big thing was getting getting John off this team, even though I thought he did a lot of good things, I think helped with spacing, especially what we're seeing from Jalen Johnson now, um, who you know, four for four. And his last game from three, you know, like, like that's a legitimate, he is a legitimate three point shooter. He's helping with spacing. Uh, and so I feel like what Clint gives you down low um, is I hate to be like good enough, but I truly think that um, that that's when, when you're team building and you have something that, okay, this piece isn't perfect. So for what I want it to be, uh, but Eight out of ten times, um, it is you know it it he is leading this team in rebounds. Obviously, uh, the 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 confusing thing is I was one who at a time was like, okay, maybe they do need to see what Okongu is like as the the future five of this team, uh, and he still kind of is with the fact that his contract runs longer than Clint's does. Mm. Um, however, I still think there is more room to grow there. And I think Anyeka has been caught in a spot where he has been really uh, be- because his game can be developed. I not that Clint's can't, but not really. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Clint is who we know he is, um, and so you kind of have to use him in that way. Anyeka, on the other hand, uh, Snyder has really tried to grow his game, and so with that does come overthinking and. Um, just a, a, a different and difference in playing style, which is going to have guys to, to have ups and downs throughout a season. And so I guess I'm, I'm not going to be incredibly surprised if Onyeka has kind of an up and down season this year, 
even though I'm sure fans will be pointing to like, hey, you know, we paid the man. And so mm. come on now you want to see it. Um, but I think there's there are some background reasons why those struggles have kind of been uh, been happening there, because even even still, like there's there's been some conversation and we've seen it obviously very small amounts of. But Anyeka being a potential option to come in and play the four. That's asking a lot of of Anyeka, a lot of different roles, mm. um, you know, kind of being a lot faster on his feet, quite honestly. And so once you're doing all that, once you're working on all those different things, um, I think you're, you're you're going to see struggles at times, but then you're going to see him be a really strong uh, defensive piece, which I think um, – I'm trying to remember. I think it was Washington that we saw a really good game from Inyeka, um, especially on, on the boards too. But um, – so, yeah, I, I just – that's that's not a, a position that I really have any, any panic about. Mm-hmm. Um, want to see any any changes of course you always want to to see your team uh improve at at any position but i know i'm sure when uh you know when the rumors have started about chicago and who could get moved over there you know people look at vucevic and they're like "Ooh, you know that's a nice shiny hmm. piece that that would be um you know nice to, co- to come this way but it's like at what cost and all those sorts of things and you're looking at the future and guys' age and all these sorts of things. So there, there's a lot that goes into that, um, that that at the end of the day, my answer, you know, while very winded just now, is kind of short that I'm comfortable with with the role that he's playing. Yeah, I, I, like I said, I, I kind of agree with you in that regard because, I, like I said, you, Clint is what he is. You know what you're getting. And, it, and the thing is, is a lot of people, like you said, Rudy Gobert, like when Coach Rudy – Back in Utah, he he's had a team where your center is pretty much defensive anchor, which Clint here is, and his job is to get boards, and then when he has opportunities, put backs, make those, and you know still be able to operate. So that's really nothing new for him. I think it's just like I said, I, I just think some people just feel like this team can't take the next step if Congo's at least not like at least the starter and he's playing the majority of minutes and things like that. But I mean, look, like we'll see. I mean. Trade deadline hasn't is not here yet. I mean, we'll see what the front office thinks of this team because I think they want to see what Quinn's this team looks like under Quinn before yeah. making any decisions if they want to make any move or anything like that. But I'll give you one last question and then I'll let you go, man. So just talk about Quinn in general, man. Just uh, what is your general uh, assessment of him so far as the coach uh, with his coach, the system, everything so far? Do you feel like he's done as well as he could? Do you feel like, you know, there's some things I would like to him to be better at? Maybe some game situations. Like, what are, what are, what are we feeling on, on Quinn? Because I think a lot of people, some people may have said the biggest addition the Hawks made this offseason was just not allowing Quinn Snyder to fully get his grasp on this team and what he wants to the team to do. Yeah. I Look, I know fans, um, you know, you, you mentioned it. That, that New York game caused some people to come out and be like, Hey, you know, I don't know if I agree with the rotation decisions that that he made. Um, I was one of those people that when I saw those things, I was kind of like, you know, um, I understand maybe critiquing a moment here or there, but at the same time, like he's got to think about, you know, who 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 needs a blow and and who, you know, is is cooking at the time and that sort of thing. All of those sorts of decisions that get made and mm-hmm. and um you know the fact of sure we need to score more more points right now but we need uh you know to keep our defense in mind here um and make sure we 
truly get some stops. Overall, I've been really impressed. I the guy came in, and here's the the thing: Quinn is a nerd, hmm. and he is a a fun nerd, but he's a nerd. And so he came in, he thought about the flow of the practice facility, and and Lauren Williams of the AJC wrote a great piece uh, starting off the season about how he added chairs in certain places uh, outside of, you know, along the the courts there at the uh, NBA Healthcare Center to encourage discussion of, okay, you're working on something. Well, let's go sit down over here. Let's look at the film and we can look at film because he installed more cameras and some, uh, some kind of shot tracking device that kind of lets players know um, their, their arc and the speed and, you know, all, all of that stuff that like we've see, um, mm. be brought into to baseball that some fans don't necessarily like, but it's all about trying to, to tweak things to get better, quite honestly. And so with him being a nerd, that's helped in a couple of different ways. It's helped with the fact that, um, he sees this team differently and, and how he wants them to play. Um, there's a lot more coaching involved, a lot more play design involved and what the Hawks are doing right now. And then here's, here's been the biggest thing. And I think this has been the impact that you've, you've heard it from just about every single player on this team. They all think that he is incredibly smart. And so that causes them to listen to him. And, you know, whether, whatever your, your opinions were of Nate McMillan or Lloyd Pierce or, or whoever in the past, I don't know that the players necessarily believed that the coach was smarter than them, you know? So there was, and that's changed now. Um, and so with that comes a more willingness to, to listen to him, uh, you know, a willingness to be like, okay, you know, your thought may go against what my opinion is of my game or my opinion of what we should do in this situation. But because, I, you know, believe you to be so intelligent when it comes to this game. I'm going to hear you out and I'm going to try it your way. And I think doing that, we've seen a lot of players, you know, grow their game uh, and get involved in different ways. And I think it it only it only improves this team. I, you know, I mean, honestly, the only thing that could happen at this point is that, um, you know, the, the players just stop listening to him, which um hopefully it doesn't happen because hopefully yeah. they have a lot of success um and and we're able to to kind of continue on talking about all the good things with Quinn Snyder um but his his explanations and practice now he is on on the media side I want I won't kid you that the guy does not like to give out information mm. uh, he likes to keep things close to the vest and that can be annoying at times um but uh, you see the benefits of of what he's you know you know no one would care if you had a fun loving guy who was great with the media, um, but you know didn't win games and didn't improve the team, and so um, you know I'll put up with some of those things, but at the same time he's the type of person who he's like hey if you ever have a question about something that you know that we're doing on the court, um, you know specifically that comes to like game planning you hit stop on your recorder and I'll, I'll explain anything to you. You know, he'll, he'll go into to great detail um, as long as he's not giving away trade secrets to other teams. 
So um, I've been really impressed with, with this early part of, of having Quinn in Atlanta. And I truly think, uh, and, and I've, I've gone on record other places saying this, if anyone was going to come in and fix this team and get the, the most out of this team, it's him. And if he can't do it, I don't really think anyone else can, quite honestly. Yeah, I mean, I, listen, I think he's been a big, just a big revelation for for everybody on the team. Um, you know, and I, I think that he's he's done a good job of just, like I said, getting on the same page with the players. I, mm-hmm. I think that's the biggest thing. I mean, listen, I know when Nate was let go last year, you know, people were kind of like, oh, co- Trey, Coach Killer, da 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 But it's funny because I always say, like, I mean, Trey didn't really even say anything. He just kind of wished him the best. It was John Collins. He said he was not the coach for us. He said that point blank to the media. <laughs> so, but Clint yeah, we're at you. Yeah, Clint, huh? Clint, Clint was the same. You know, he was in the same boat as like, yeah, you know, uh, it was essentially he was falling on deaf ears. And it was like, okay. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, you, you need a guy who, who buys, who, who get the team buys into. Because, mm-hmm. you know, it's funny, you know, I've actually had people uh, comment. It's like, well, what do you need to like your coach? You just need to play. And I'm like, I mean, if you ever had someone that you hated, you're not going to give that extra 10% for someone you hate or someone you don't yeah. hate, someone you don't care for. So, you know, it's very important to actually be on the same page with your coach. Like, realistically, like the Nuggets like Michael Malone, the Warriors like Steve Kerr, you know, with like well, the teams that are great, we they like their coach for the most part. They may not butt heads, but they like their coach. And it's, and it, Bryce, it's not even necessarily that they like him, they respect him. That's that's really kind of the key there is I think the respect, quite honestly, was lost uh, for Nate last year. And and the respect is there for Quinn, um, because, like I said, you know, because he is a nerd, because uh, he's a very intelligent person and has a really thorough, thorough way of looking at the game. Um, players respect him. They listen to him and they're willing to to, you know, take what he says and try to add it to their game try to improve their game uh and and now we've just got to see you know to what extent can he get that out of players because we've already seen um you know like the jalen johnson experiment is working Mm -hmm. um you know um and i know a lot of fans and this is one of those things that we could go another 20 minutes uh, (laughs) if you wanted to talk about aj griffin you know but um but the the development is happening even if we're not always seeing it um on the floor um with those with those relationships and with just a a a new sense of belief quite honestly yeah for sure that's been important for the team just to have that belief moving forward because like i said long season ahead a lot of things can change a lot of improvement can still be made we'll have to see what happens with this team as they continue to move forward like i said they got the in-season tournament going in right now sixers tonight trying to go 2-0 uh in the standings trying to get to the next get to the next round and everything like that. But Caleb, I appreciate you coming on, man. It's the show today. Great talking Hawks basketball with you, man. Really, really great. Um, let them know where to find you again on social media, sir. Yeah. Uh, you can find me on, I still call it Twitter and you won't be able to stop me. Sorry, but uh, <laughs> you can find me on social media at ATL Johnson 18. Uh, Twitter's the place that I'm usually firing off my opinions, thoughts, whatever's going on during the game. I'll be doing it tonight during the uh, Sixers game. But uh, yeah, ATL Johnson 18 is where you can find me. And then, of course, as always on 92.9 The Game, uh, I host a show on the weekends called The Dopey Millennial Show. Uh, and then during the week, do sports flashes. So um, just a little little bit of everywhere. Yes, sir. So, yeah, guys, 
definitely tune in to him on 92.9 The Game. Definitely follow him on social. And like I said, for me, guys, you know the deal. Rice2K underscore 2K is across all social media. Like I said, subscribe, like the video, be reviewing the podcast, wherever you're listening to us on. So, like I said, Caleb, once again, appreciate you coming on to the show, sir. And that's all we have for you. This was Believe in Hawks. See you next time. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.